Hello. 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 Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Tori here with another episode of Be Victorious. Now, let me share with you guys something. This sister here is my sister for real. I did our podcast and we've developed a bond ever since. I think our commonality, of course, is to have our childhood experiences. And I am here to basically let you all know that she's doing what she needs to do and heal and she has some projects that she has done. But it's my pleasure to bring her here. Leah, where are you? Hey, girl. Hey, what's going on, Dr. Tori? Man, this has been a long time coming. I'm super proud of you, though. Thank and you. I think people need to know we met because I did your podcast first. Yeah. And we've actually developed a bond and have been communicating and working with each other ever since. And you have some wonderful things that are going with you. And I'm so excited because, again, the goal, you, you guys, is for people to understand and know that ACEs is okay. But we live and move and live to yeah. see another day. And this is what Leah has done, you guys. She's a beast. And I'm telling you, I cannot wait to hear her story. So before we begin, Leah, what's your ACE score? Oh, I let me tell you. And it's so funny because I was like, watch Dr. Tori ask me this. So I could tell you for a fact, <laughs> it is over five. What it is exactly. <laughs> I can't give you but the exact okay. number, but I know it's over five. You got a score. I got a score. So do you let your score define you? In the beginning, yes. Before I started healing and all of that, I absolutely thought that my score was exactly who it was. It was me. Um, and then I went on a healing journey and realized that it didn't have to define me. It was just a part of my journey. So Very good. How long ago was that? Oh, how long have I been on this journey of healing? I would say probably for the last seven years, <laughs> I've been on my healing journey, Dr. Tori. Mm -hmm. um, it started mm -hmm. probably late 20s um, okay. after coming out of a domestic violence relationship and mm -hmm. really started to like unpack like why I was attracted to this person in the first place. Because like I always tell people he was like the walking red flags, like literally every red flag you would think of <laughs> that was who he was but yet I was attracted to him and I will tell you what drew us together was a trauma bond because he came from a similar background as me so I am mm -hmm. the daughter of two addicts he was the son of two addicts so immediately it was like oh my god you're my person because you understand my trauma <laughs> right not realizing mm. that that was codependency in its finest form, like not understanding that that was a trauma bond. Like in my mind, we were a match made in heaven because you understood the pain of being abandoned by two drug addicts. Wow. Two drug addicts, mom and dad, did they live together? Nope. Wasn't married, had multiple mm -hmm. kids. Yep, daddy got two baby mamas. My mama had a few baby daddies. Yep. But you did not let that define you at all. Yeah, no, no. In fact, I will tell you this. I think my parents were, and I know my parents were the inspiration as to not becoming them. 
So like I saw their lives and was like, I am determined <laughs> to not be them. So that is mm-hmm. why I like went to school, got the education, did all the, the right things. Cause I was like, nope, won't be me. I'm not going to end up like my parents. And I think, but that was our commonality too. You know what I mean? Not knocking our parents, love them to death, their mate, but we did not want to be like them. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that I discovered when we did um, your podcast. So I get it. Yeah. Now, I want to bring up what you said, the walking red flags. <laughs> I don't think that people understand yet that aces can impact relationships and we've talked about it I had there was a young lady um Miss Queenie she's um has the relationship zone she talks about it she still goes on live she still does it you know what I mean like it really does I think finding out about aces can really help save lives yeah because once you understand what it is you can do something about it. So mm-hmm. you found out about the red flags with the boo thing. What happened? Yeah. I wish I could say like once I found out like I left, but I didn't. Like I stayed mm-hmm. and I was with that person for at least four years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was like heavy into at that time in our relationship he had started doing drugs himself right like he was heavy into drug activity and so it was just like watching my parents all over again and I remember like the last time we got like got into a physical altercation where he put his hands on me I remember barricading myself into the bedroom because we had shared an apartment at the time and I prayed. I was like, all right, God, mm-hmm. I don't know if you hear me. I don't know if you're going to answer this prayer or not, but I need you to get me out of this situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you get me out of this situation, I promise you, oh, wow. I'm going to serve you with my life. And so literally the very next morning, he woke up from his high and he was like, get out. And I knew then I was like, oh, God is real. One, <laughs> two, he hears my prayers. Mm-hmm. And three, here's my way of escape. And so like, mm-hmm. literally I just grabbed whatever I could. I called my aunt, she came and got me and like, I left and never looked back. But yeah. I, again, not knowing like ACEs and trauma bond and all that. I just was like, oh, here's somebody that understands my pain. And so let's, let's be together. Knowing that that was a terrible mistake. But you learn from it. Yeah. Yeah, it was the understanding of ACEs, shall I say? Yeah, I think for me, that was the start of kind of figuring out like why I was attracting these type of people. What was it about this person, you know, that really had me diving into my own healing journey? And I will say I was in college at the time and I remember Mm -hmm. taking a psychology course where ACEs was probably the first time I even heard of it. Cause Mm -hmm. before it was adverse childhood experiences, it was childhood trauma. Like that's what they were calling it. Right. (laughs) So I always knew that. Yeah. That's all I knew for was childhood trauma. And so once I started learning 
and going through the ACES score, it, it sparked something in me to be like, okay, let me peel back the layers on this and really figure out how this has me showing up. Not just mm-hmm. in like relationships with a significant other, but even my friendships. Like I struggled right. having friendships with females for a very long time. And mm-hmm. it was all connected to my trauma and the abandonment issues and my mother daughter wounds and all of that. So yeah. Look at all the worksheets I'm going to get from this podcast. <laughs> you are correct. Mm-hmm. But it takes for us to have the discussion for people to understand and know, number one, it's relatable. Number two, you're not alone. And number three, if God brings you to it, he can bring you through it. That's what yeah. you just said. And I don't want to turn this into, you know, what it is, but that's your testimony. Yeah. And look at you now. Congratulations. Thank you. Because those are the things that you have to think and look back on and reflect and say, yeah, I asked. He gave me what I was supposed to get. And now you know what not to do. Yeah. Parents. Do you still talk to your parents? So both of my parents have since transitioned. um, And I wasn't talking to neither one of them when they did. Um, and it was so, it was so weird because I remember even when my father got like getting the call that he had passed, what was so interesting was that I found it hard to grieve. And my therapist said something so profound to me. She was like, Leah, it's hard to grieve something you never had. And I didn't realize that that's why I was struggling. Cause it was like, well, he, my dad, you know, like I should feel something right (laughs) But I felt nothing for a very long time because it was like, yeah, he was physically my father, but he wasn't my father. Like, you know, there was no real emotional bond and a connection unless he was paying for something. Like, and even that is something that shaped my relationships for a long time too, because my father wasn't emotionally available, but he was financially available. And so if I look at my pattern of relationships up until a couple of years ago, I went after the guy who could financially take care of me, Mm -hmm. right? But what Mm -hmm. I learned from my father was that if I'm financially taking care of you, then you have to turn a blind eye to all my stuff. So I couldn't go to my dad and be like, daddy, I don't like that you drink. Because in his mind, girl, I'm giving you money. Shut up. You don't get to tell me about my issues. And that's the same pattern that played out in other relationships. It was like, if I'm taking care of you financially, you don't get to come and talk to me about my my demons so yeah and that's that's real talk because (laughs) at the end of the day that's how you feel Mm -hmm. I mean and everybody has has their their own story um yeah I I, I, of course I'm gonna say I get it because I truly do I mean I have my father, love my father. He's he's amazing, but you know, it it is what it is and I get it. But I used you you have to use that to build. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 hard. It's mm-hmm. it's hard because we we're understanding our childhood traumas, we're understanding our aces, and society wants things to be okay when it's us that's going through this what society has is one thing but what we have is this if you didn't have a relationship with your father you didn't have a relationship with your father 
did the family like understand that did they support that or was they like no Leah no so it's so funny because so I was raised with my maternal grandmother right and she kept my father away from me for many many years so I didn't actually start developing a relationship with my father until I was in my 20s and at that time I was coming out of that abusive relationship and I just remember going to my grandmother and I was like grandma I think it's time that I learn more about my dad and, and where he came from and you know she gave me her blessing and I reached out to his mother and really started to get an understanding of his history and so it wasn't until I had that other piece of the puzzle where I learned that my dad had his own trauma his father was killed when he was a child um he started drinking way early my father started drinking when he was like 10 11 years old you know Mm -hmm. so he had his Mm -hmm. own trauma and then you tack on his trauma with I'm trying to have, you know, a family can't stay committed to a woman. Right. Because he went, he bounced back and forth between my mother and his other children's mother. And, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those things played a role as to why he just couldn't be emotionally available. Not, and then you tack on prison. My father stayed in and out of prison. So the last time he came home, I was about 25 years old. And I remember how he struggled just to be in the world like my father couldn't even sit at a kitchen table and eat dinner together like he was so used to being in that four by five cell that mentally that's where he was physically that's where he was and he didn't know how to adjust so all of those things played a huge role as to why he had all you know three girls and just didn't know how to show up for them didn't know how to be there for them right and that's us that's our society. That's where we're living right now. So just imagine all the people that are out there in the world right now that don't even know that. And I think that was my issue. Again, what I tell people ACE to save my life is because I went through the same thing. Um, household dysfunction is my, I, our family lived in household dysfunction. So, you know, it was one thing and I used to blame what happened on my parents when really they had their own generational trauma and came in with generational trauma from their parents. So it's like, okay, I think that understanding will help a lot of people if they even at least understand that. So see how you explain your fathers beforehand, you didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. And so just conversation, sit down, talks, those would be so good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like those conversations helped me humanize my parents. Because I think as a young girl, I kind of saw my parents as these as right. these like perfect people, right? Like they can't do no wrong. They were kind of like superheroes right. to me. And it wasn't until I had those conversations that really right. humanized them. And I was like, oh, wow, my dad is just another man trying to navigate this thing called life with whatever tools he was given. My mom, the same. She's another woman just trying to navigate this thing called life with the tools that she was given. And so having those conversations, really understanding history, familial history, which I think is so important, does play a role in how you can begin to unpack your own ACEs because then it makes sense like, okay, that a lot of the stuff that I'm dealing with is generational. You know, yep. it, it literally was passed down. Like grandma yep. dealt with it, 
great grandma dealt with it. And so I always say I'm now at the point where like the generational curse stops with me. So it's right. like I'm the generational curse breaker because I refuse to continue to pass down the dysfunction. Cause like you said, I lived in household dysfunction too. Like, right. and, and, and it became so normal until you're on your healing journey and you realize like, this is not normal. <laughs> like the arguing, right. the bickering, the physical violence, this is not normal. And so you start to then create spaces where you don't want to be around that. So then you distance yourself from family, you know, and you don't connect as much because you're like, "Eh, that, you know, you kind of still in the place of dysfunction. I'm over here in Healingville and I just don't want that. Right. I respect that. And here you are, Leah Forney doing her thing so let's talk about some of the things that you're doing i'm excited about this new venture what do you have going what am i doing you know honestly 2023 has been like the year of the professional speaker for me i've been blessed to be able to share a lot of my journey as a sexual assault thriver like i love to call myself because i always say there's a difference between surviving and thriving Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been great to like be having opportunities to speak on stages and, and do panels where I just share my sexual assault story in Mm -hmm. hopes that it helps someone else on their journey and hopes that it helps spark some healing for someone else. Because what I find is that, you know, there's amazing conferences out here, but a lot of times they want to talk about prevention and there's nothing wrong with prevention. But then I feel like it excludes a group of people who have already been victimized, right? Right. And so it's like, how do we continue to bring that part of the conversation into these spaces? And so I've been doing a whole lot of advocacy this year, um, being a part of legislation conversations, getting some things changed on the books here in Maryland. And it's been a blessing. Like, I did not see this when I got Mm -hmm. sexually assaulted uh, 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. Nope, I did not. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even see it a year ago. It just so happened that a year ago, they finally tested my rape kit and Mm -hmm. they called me about it. And I remember just praying and saying to God, I was like, all right, God, if I have to redo this part of my journey because I got sexually assaulted in 2013. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. if I have to go through this again, how do I make this bigger? How do I really make impact? And he led me down the path of like starting to partner with other organizations that were already doing the work because Mm -hmm. what's usually missing is the survivor, the survivor's voice, their story. And so I partnered with the federal coalition here in Maryland and they, they have since brought me on as staff. So I now fully work, I work for them, but it started off as a partnership to really just train law enforcement and the attorney generals and give them a survivor's perspective. And so Mm -hmm. it's been a blessing because this year I got to go speak on Capitol Hill, like I I got to do conferences. And so it's just been amazing to see how something as painful and traumatic as sexual violence, God can literally use it to to build a platform because I didn't think I would you know build a platform from it but here it is and so I'm I'm excited I'm proud of you get it get it now I will tell you I like Maryland on the strength that they 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 accept aces mm-hmm. now I talked I had a, a training with the police department 
with new police officers. And it, I'm like, are you all sure? You know, and they was like, these people that you all are going to be arresting have aces. So you need to know about it. So let her come in. It it was two and a half years ago, but nonetheless, I liked it. The fact that they were open to do it was humbling to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got a whole police, new officers ready for aces and the word is getting out there and again for me the goal is getting it out there so make sure when you are on those panels and you are on that hill you tell them about aces and how you survived and you did what you needed to do super yeah. proud of you man i really am i it, it's 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 one thing to to go through what we go through but i seriously do believe that the understanding of aces is what will not define you and help your healing journey yeah what do you I, do I for agree. fun what do you do for fun though oh what do I do for fun um besides being a foodie because I am a foodie <laughs> you know I love to go out to eat you know my fun looks so different these days you know I'm a bonus mom I have some mm-hmm. incredible children so they keep me busy um it's not that date night with the mister you know going out and spending some quality time together definitely a good old nap you know I tell people I'm at that age in my life where you know naps are everything I don't know why we was avoiding (laughs) these as children you know Uh as an adult I'm like please give me 30 minutes thank you (laughs) I have a daughter that that she does nothing but sleep and I let her sleep because you know when I was her age I did the same thing my favorite pastime is taking a nap I'm not (laughs) so I get it baby it'll change your life just give me 10 minutes no I get it listen get especially it. if you want me to come outside and I gotta stay right. out past a certain time like you, won't, you might want me to have this nap so right. yeah and really I will say probably reading a good book I've been like okay. heavy on personal development lately so I'm I'm reading a whole lot of books but um and if I'm not doing that it's watching some ratchet television somebody's reality show <laughs> You know what I learned? Shout out to Dr. Thelma. We like Ratchet TV and we watch it because of our aces. Oh, I believe it. Because I mm-hmm. promise you, I'm heavy on the Ratchet. Like, uh-huh. I'm watching uh-huh. all the Real Housewives. Yeah. Like... It's, it's, it's the dysfunction and mm. it's in tune with us. I, I promise you, you could look it up. Dr. Thelma put, put me on yes and I at first I was like no because I'm always watching first 48 or you know one of those type mm-hmm. shows and she said it's related I'm like that is interesting so I think that you're amazing we went over your aces score we Thank talked you. about um your your childhood traumas your aces shall I say we talked about your your healing journey we talked about a booth thing and some bonus kids and the fact that you're about to take over the world leah you're amazing to me and of course we're still going to be in contact and we're still going to communicate but let people know where to find you yeah so i'm i'm literally in all the social media streets as leah m40 you could just pull me up um I would always tell people check out the podcast hey queen thrive we're going into our fourth season in January so I'm super excited about that yeah um and then I have a website www.leahm40.com we're getting ready to go through a rebrand so definitely stay connected for that because yes 
a lot of great things is coming. And um, yeah, but you can find me on the social media streets. It's leahm40.com. I'm so excited. So I wrote a book that's called Boss Women Pitch. And BOSS is B-A-W-S-E. It's an acronym for Bold and Ambitious Women Seeking Exposure. And I wrote the book based on the nine things that I did to help me go from this struggling, undiscovered author to now the in-demand person you see today. And I'm super excited. Like, I think I get excited about all my books, Dr. Tori, but this one I'm super excited about because I feel like it's a, it's a framework. It gives uh, people who really want women entrepreneurs who are like, I really want more media attention. I want to get on the podcast. I want to do these things. These are the nine steps that I did. And so mm-hmm. it'll come out January 30th, which is actually my birthday. And so I'm beyond excited about this book. The book keeps motivating me. I know, I know. So for people that follow me, yes, the book is coming. I am a procrastinator. I am a single mother of three. Let's be clear. I have it. It's ready. I just need to put it out there. So thank you for motivating me. Because I'm, yeah, I am. I'll, I have it done. I promise. And I'll make sure because, of course, we're going to keep in contact and I'll make sure that I do that. But I want to be a boss woman too, B A W S E. So I got you. Well, you guys know where to find me. I'm everywhere. Dr. Victorious. Be victorious. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I thank you guys for tuning in. And again, Leah, you're amazing. I thank you for having us, having me on your podcast first and returning the favor because you have been my sister and I appreciate you so much. And for everybody that's watching, thank you for tuning in. See you guys later. Bye-bye.